This is HPR episode 2093 entitled GNU Health. It is hosted by Dave Morris and is about 20 minutes long. The summary is, I talked to my friend Tom and his collaborator Ewan, who are working on a project using GNU Health. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Hello everybody, this is Dave Morris for Hacker Public Radio and today I'm here at Napier University visiting friend Tom and his collaborator Ewan who are doing an interesting project and the the project is based around GNU Health. So we thought we'd just talk a little bit about GNU Health, what the involvement has been with it and then speak briefly about the, the project. So can you fill me in as to what GNU Health actually is then, Tom? Yeah, okay. Well, um, GNU Health is free and open source software. It's FOWS. Mm-hmm. That's the key thing about it. It's free, first of all. And it's come from somebody who's a medical doctor and a computer scientist uh, who was a consultant with SAP, right. um, the famous um, ERP system. Okay. It's probably the most used ERP system in the world. Well, Luis Falcon, the leader of the GNU Health Project, was a SAP consultant for many years before he decided that what he would like to do was to work with um, social issues in health, particularly in developing countries. Um, he just set a great deal of time and effort aside to develop um, a free and open ho- uh, so- source um, software for hospitals, health centres, government, um, medical record keeping and um, small shacks and anywhere that you want to do medical outreach. I, I've seen him him interviewed before, just, just for, the, for a bit of background for people who are listening. Um, he was on the... Um, he was on a podcast, one of the, the Twit series podcasts, whose name has escaped me right now, but I'll put it in the show notes when I remember. But uh, he was he was interviewed about GNU Health from, is he based in Argentina or Brazil or somewhere? I'm not sure. No, Gran Canaria. Okay, okay. <coughs> anyway, his, uh, people can, can refer to more about him uh, through guy. these various routes. I think he's probably got a Wikipedia page too, yeah. if I'm right. Yeah, he, yeah. He was recognised by Richard Stallman in 2012, and the project was to as um, a social um, a, a project of great social good. Yeah, and yeah. it's been adopted by the United Nations University. So it's it's a little bit fabulous, really. Yeah. And so is he. Amazing. So you got involved with this by some means or other. <laughs> what happened? Well, yeah, I I've done some work in the past with um, medical 
um, video conferencing mm -hmm. and um, databases. And so I was doing some consultancy last year for the Nelson Mandela Children's Hospital, which is being built in Johannesburg. It's an extraordinary hospital. It's quaternary care. It's, um, it's the highest level of paediatric intervention that can take place in the medical environment. It's the very difficult things that you offer for securing recovery for, for children in really um, difficult medical circumstances. Mm -hmm. So um, this hospital was built due to the um, efforts of something called the Nelson Mandela Children's Hospital Trust, which was um, a project of the Nelson Mandela Children's Fund. And both of these are run by um, Bongi Makabela, who's this extraordinary woman who... Um, whose history from being a young child in Soweto to um, to being the CEO of the fund and the trust is, is, a, is an amazing story. But um, while I was there, I was helping them with some advice about their hospital information system right. as well as the video conference. Because they hadn't at that point decided on what they were going to do as, as far as that was concerned? No, I, yeah, and their, their task was to raise the $60 million that would be involved in building the hospital and then the South African government said that they would run the hospital and that would take around about 30 million dollars a year something mm -hmm. like that 25 mm -hmm. 30 million so that's a huge achievement for a for a you know an effort of public um, concern Sure. And a children's hospital. It makes it the second children's hospital in South Africa. Um, and Johannesburg is a city of about 8 million people. So it's a huge thing. So, um, of course, there's a great deal of interest in providing the healthcare solution to a hospital from the private companies. Um, and there's a great deal of uh, money to be made from I mean, making a good installation, running it professionally, but also making profit from it. I was looking into trying to help them with the procurement stages and trying to help, kind of give questions that would guide in the process that would maybe help to get a good deal for the hospital. And one of the possibilities that came to my attention was Guna Health. <clears throat> and um, that's when I came in touch with Luis Falcon and I saw what he'd achieved in Jamaica. The one, the one right. thing that I'd seen that really blew me away was that he'd made a 350-plus installation of GNU Health in Jamaica from hospitals right down to the smallest facility. And um, it was being used at, by the Ministry of Health there, even by the Ministry of Health. They were, they were keeping the central medical records which were then being shared around Jamaica by all of the different places where you could get medical care. So I also know that that was a two-year effort on behalf of Luis Falcon. I was running a social enterprise, and he is basically running a social enterprise too. He didn't get paid a great deal of money while he was installing because he was doing that for the love of his heart and the proof of the concept and all of that other good stuff. But then um, I started to realise it was very good, but that there were issues of um, how much it would cost, for instance, for a government like South Africa to say... How much would that cost us to put in properly and what would be our responsibilities? And then I got really fascinated about the possibility of something like GNU Health competing with all these other professional yes. Yes. providers. And that's, well, that's where we've come to that's, from that. That's, it's pretty groundbreaking stuff. I mean, there are entities in, in local government and government and stuff all over the world that are using free software for various purposes, you know, office systems and... Um, 
desktop systems and so forth but it but it's uh, it's still very much ground that's being broken and uh you know there's there's, there's many factions that are fighting against it shall we say yeah. so uh, so it's not a not a simple simple equation by any means no um i i'm really excited about what the turkish did Pardus linux an installation that they use for civic functions um, and they have good uh, well developed um open source solutions for mm-hmm. civic functions which they do through their um, they have a, an institute for research so it's part of this the fabric of the country that they have something working on open source software developing it for their own needs and then distributing it and training people in its use yeah, I find that yeah. very makes, exciting it makes good sense <clears throat> so uh, you what point did you leave things when you when you left uh, South Africa yeah. what, what was the state of play as far as new health was concerned Canoe Health couldn't be a contender as mm. a solution for the Nelson Mandela Children's Hospital. Right. That was never never really a possibility at that time. It had whatever comes in has to be seen to work right away. Yeah. Um, and people have to be responsible in teams for anything that goes wrong and being there to fix things that go wrong. So the South Africans with breaking ground in so many different ways, they were never really going to look at something that was of this type as they're it's still, this children's hospital. It's still not <clears throat> it's not reached a state where it can, can run an operation like that, even though it's it's out there in Jamaica? Well I think it probably could I think it probably could with proper support. That's what I honestly yeah. think. Um but it wasn't proven enough. Right. I don't right. think that the so there's a bit of a risk as far that. as they were concerned. <laughs> yeah. And they've taken many risks and they've fairly much all paid off. Yeah, but I yeah. think there's also caution coming in as you start to get to the reality of the hospital's going to open in December of this year. You know, from that point, it's actually got to be a working hospital. There's nothing that they can... They can't get... They can't be in a problem space at that point. So... Yes. Yeah. yeah. Then mm. you came back to um, to the UK. Yeah, yeah. To Edinburgh, in fact, which is where we are. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then... You you you've got a project which is concerning GNU Health. Do you want to hmm. do you want to s- sort of fill in the gaps there? Yeah. Well, the one lovely thing about the hospital is it's to accept um, children from other cities in South Africa and other countries in the Southern African Development Community mm-hmm. and probably right across Africa. The quality of the care that they will provide is just going to be sought after. It's going to mostly deal with just people who've not. You, it's not going to be a private hospital. There will be a certain proportion of beds for private patients, but mostly it will be for people who have needs for the service. So um, they're going to be interoperating with a lot of different places, a mm. lot of different um, health centres, possibly other hospitals, possibly other places. And if a young person comes in, they'll be in for five to ten days and then they'll go back. So interoperability between the health resources within the hospital and those that will want to talk to the hospital became something that I thought would be a good area to work in. And if we could get and prove an installation of GNU Health that was capable of interacting with the hospital and sharing mm-hmm. health records, then we know that we could give to possible sister hospitals a free healthcare mm-hmm. solution that would interact with the hospital and it would be the beginning of a conversation possibly with national governments that actually this is a proven software solution and possibly could save us a fortune if we go down that route. So, so um, 
Napier very kindly, and we were looking to do this as um, cost-effectively as possible. So we thought of using Raspberry Pis, okay. 10, Raspberry, 10 Raspberry Pi 3s, these beautiful little things you've probably talked about a great deal, have you? <laughs> There's been a fair bit of discussion of Raspberry Pis on uh, Agri Public Radio, yeah. yeah. <coughs> well, anyway, they're beautiful. So with a Netgear switch, 10 of these with different free and open source uh, software services on them, interconnected through a switch, so that we could start to look at interoperability issues mm-hmm. between the services. Mm-hmm. And also we've got a lovely little Nuke, an Intel Nuke, Intel 7 processor with 500 gigs of SSD drive and um, 16 gigabytes of RAM. So we could we could test virtual machines before we put them on the bikes. So Ewan Livingston has had the um, difficulty of dealing with all these installations. I'm so pleased not to be face-to-face with all these problems. <laughs> He's doing all that sort of stuff. But we are getting to the point now where we've installed five five installations of GNU Health. We've got a nice open source um, PAX system, caving system. That's a, right, okay. And That's for system. medical images and that. Medical stuff. images, yeah. 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 Which are images in space and time. They are often animations. Mm. So things like MRI and, uh, and those types of things which are successive images. Um, yeah, but it's not just scanner. an image file. It's also got a... The personal the patient's records right, attached to the right. file as well, so it's quite a large file. And yeah, then each yeah. scan can have quite several files. So yeah, in terms of databases that's a pretty heavy, heavy task, I guess. Yeah. 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 Frightening task for those little pies, but <laughs> but so far well, the PAX system, the picture archiving system, we think that's gonna be the tricky one, but we got some great advice from you, Dave, <laughs> from your solution with the little uh, USB Drive. Yeah, so. you're putting SSD drives on pies, <laughs> which is yeah. So we're going to see how that goes for uh, packs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds good. Yeah. So you and your your involvement has been to to do quite a lot of the the, the setup stuff here, and um, one of the images that, that I'll be attaching to this um, show is. <laughs> Your lovely tower of uh, of ten pies, which was which was partly your construction, I believe, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. So we've got uh, six different cases. Mm-hmm. We have like a top and a bottom, and then the sort of pillar in between. And then we took some screws, cut the heads off, <laughs> and just joined them all up together, just so stacked them one stacked on top of the other. Yeah. So the top of one uh, one case is the bottom of the of the next. Yeah, and so just those cut the pie, drum holes and the, and the top cover. Yeah, them. yeah. It looks lovely. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing structure. <laughs> <laughs> and you're you're powering it all from a USB hub at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Got ten yeah. Port USB hub. So what what's actually happening with this setup then? Um, well, we're in early stages. Um, it, we've got interoperability of some sort. Um, we're aiming towards the fast hospital interoperability resources standard health level seven HL seven. Um, that's something that actually might have. Um, value away from just what we're trying to do it may be valuable to other health services um, but interoperability is a huge issue with anything to do with health records mm-hmm. so what we are hoping to do is kind of establish a place where you can test compatibility that you hit or miss the HL7 standard and we want to be able to work and, and work with these people in the open source projects to help them to hit the HL7 and support them so we would like to um, 
be a, a centre whereby you could see an installation of GNU Health, you could play with it, demonstrate it in a way. Because it, it, I guess people will be a bit wary of, of something like this, won't they? If you, I mean, presumably you could you could in, install this in any from from a from a small to a to a large setup, depending on how you built it. Yeah. And uh, people will, some people who might actually be interested in doing this at maybe the smaller end are going to be nervous of it without having a chance to see it demonstrated and and mess around with it and stuff. So there's yeah. quite a lot of. PR and teaching and so forth that could that could come out of that and that's what you're thinking of am I am I interpreting you right yeah but I mean my 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 main concern is not with the people at the lower end who are mm-hmm. capable of doing it and imaginative enough to want to do it mm-hmm. but those the higher end when they're tasked with say for instance four weeks to make a decision about a procurement and then they've got questions that they will take people through so I would want, want those people okay. to be able to yeah, yeah. say right well we'll spend three days looking at an e-health installation that's free and open source mm-hmm. software and be able to see you know health is one of those options yes. and maybe come yeah. here for instance to say right well set up um, a hospital a health centre um, and a medical faculty at the university to be able to um, to use the same materials yeah. and shows it operating. So I really want to be able to support the professionals actually who make the difficult decisions and the governments who have to be brave to make, you know, the you know, the brave decisions to support these things, um, to help them really. To show the to show them because I now that I've met so many of these people who are doing this work, we've talked about this before, Dave. Mm-hmm. People developing these projects are not only brilliant, they're committed, they're often just in teams of one or two, they are the sole supporters of yes, the project. Yes, And yes. they actually kind of do need to be supported. Now, universities can definitely do that. Yeah, and that's maybe something that's happened in the past in some contexts and then has not happened so much because universities have been under pressure to, to uh, you know, take a more business-oriented view of, of things. Um, but uh, there's there's... And we've we've seen in recent times the difficulties of small teams supporting quite important bits of software like you know SSH and and, and all of those types of things, yeah. and uh, how you know just some guy in his in his bedroom basically uh, developing it and supporting the world and you know so integrating things better together so that. Uh, you know, you, you, there's there's more places to turn to to, uh, to to get support for this type of thing. It's definitely yeah. a highly desirable thing. That's where I have. That's where my main interest and main concern yeah. is really, um, because I don't. Of course, we see burnout with people who are doing things like that, um, and those who are greatly committed will not burn out. They will stick with it the whole way. But I'd like to take away the sense that just because you've done a free and open source software package that you're going to do everything for a charitable donation. Mm. I'd like them to be recognised as the consultants that they are. Mm. I mean, for instance, Luis has got a consulting company and that's very mixed income. The software and all that sort of stuff is all free and then he's a consultant. Mm. Um, But unless we kind of make it possible for them to make, and I think good incomes, so if there was going to be... um, one of the things we want to look into is costing for an implementation that works. Mm-hmm. So to work out the scenarios of all the different types of users that would be required to, to use a bit of software for a particular purpose and then say to the government, 
that's going to be 25 people at this level, three people at that level, four people at that level. And if you paid them with the average cost that's in the marketplace right now, that will cost you X amount of money. Yeah. yeah. And then just to say to them, you've got the software, it's free. You can train people within your own organisations, your own country, and you can develop it to your heart's content. And if you want to run it, this is how much it would cost you to pay proper salaries yeah. for that. And I would no, really like to see them properly. Yeah, that's my keen um, yeah. on that. Well, it sounds like a fantastic idea. Having heard a bit about it when it was when Louis Falcon was being interviewed, it sounded to me like a great solution to to uh, to the, the problem that is massively expensive in in other in other contexts and possibly not anywhere near as flexible as GNU uh, uh, Health is, is likely to be. Yeah, well, so, we've we've seen horrific wastes of money with NHS England mm. the big um, big projects that have been coiboshed that have cost billions of pounds and yeah. come to nothing yeah. and these yeah. people are working on fragments of those sums of money and they're doing brilliant things yes yes it's often <clears throat> the way isn't it mm. yeah <clears throat> okay well good luck with that mm, and thank uh, you Dave. yeah I'd like to hear, hear how you get on mm. as time goes on mm-hmm Okay, well, we'll call a halt there. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ewan. Thank you, Tom. Brilliant, dude. Thank you. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.